Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless. Thank you, hallelujah, oh Jesus, that I am able, I will see of the goodness of God, oh yes, hallelujah. God, we thank you for your presence today, God. We magnify you, we worship you. There's just such a beautiful presence of God in this place. Hallelujah, Jesus. It's in these moments we respond to him. God, we love you. Lord, we lift you up. God, thank you for meeting us here today. God, we worship you. You don't have to be afraid of what you feel. It's the presence of God. He loves you. He cares about you. And his presence makes you know that he loves you. God, I thank you. All my life you've been faithful. You can be seated. I'll dismiss the kids to Sunday school. Well, last week, it was funny, Carl asked me, he goes, are you going to preach the right thing this week? (laughs) And I was like, Carl, I'd like to think I always preach the right thing. (laughs) But according to the notes that I have, yes, I will be preaching with some of the notes as of right now. (laughs) Um, Carl, I just had to, like, throw that out there for you, man. (laughs) Uh, Yes, so last week... uh, Man, God was dealing with me about some things, and honestly, um, I had some thoughts hit me again, and I'm like, you know what, I I think that one might be me, but uh, honestly, like there's, uh, last week God moved, and and, and I didn't preach the same, I didn't preach any of my notes that I had last week, different message entirely, I didn't have any notes, Um, and so this week will actually be last week's message, so you can throw that first slide up there. Um, So we've been in a series, Forgotten Love. So this is week three. So if you missed week two, that's okay. Or I'm sorry, if you missed week three, we are on week three. So last week would have been week three, and this would be week four. And then March, you know, you start a new series, whatever, but that's okay. Now we're going to be out of order. I don't have to mess it up. (laughs) That's okay. God's order is the right order, (laughs) not my order. Boy, you start start making it my way, and then all of a sudden it's it's a mess. But there are so many people who have been sick recently, and uh, so we want to pray for them. And so keep them in your prayers this week. So many. I think there was like 12 people. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 people. Or that's a list. Pray for all of them, that God would touch them. And then pray that God would keep you safe as well. Um, but uh, I want to uh, announce again Bible study this week. If you, um, if you have been enjoying um, Bible study on Tuesday nights. I would love it if you keep coming. And, uh, and I, I love feedback. So if there's something about Bible study that you're like, can we try this or do this? I am all for you uh, letting me know. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, but I would love to know. And in, in, the, in this week, um, starting this Tuesday, we'll be in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Corinthians is building on itself, and if you want any of the questions from chapter 1 and chapter 2, 
let me know. But chapter three is sitting out there on the, in the entryway on, that, on the table. So um, grab one of those questions. Um, we pass them out uh, on Tuesday. So people who were there on Tuesday have questions, through, questions for chapter three already. So they have a week to study. Um, and so one of the things that we've been doing is come with like a devotion. If you have something little three to five minutes, you know, like, hey, this scripture stuck out to me and it made me think about this and how good God is. So um, that's a devotion, um, just something short and sweet to the point. Um, and then uh, we give everyone an opportunity to do that. You don't have to, but you have the opportunity to. And then we go over the questions for the week. And I feel like it's uh, brought up some pretty good discussion. And I know as we go through uh, 1 Corinthians, there will be even more discussion. Because 1 Corinthians is like a little bit of church operation and stuff like that and how the church should operate. And so it's going to be a fun time going throughout both 1 and 2 Corinthians. It's like 26 chapters, I think, total. So we'll be in there for a while, so don't worry. And all you have to do to catch up is just read a chapter before. So pretty simple. You're not far. It's not hard. I promise. They're like 13 verses in the first, like, two chapters. It's easy. <laughs> all right. Let's get started with this today. You can take it to slide one. If you want the notes, I put them back on the website. You can go to myhope.life forward slash sermons, and you can get the notes or you can follow me along right here with this. Our focus scripture for today is John chapter 21, verse 16. Now, two weeks ago, the focus scripture was John chapter 21, verse 15. And so we're going to break down each of these next few scriptures of what Jesus says each week. So this week, we're talking about chapter 16. Next week, it'll be 17. So you already know what next week is going to be. Um, a sec <coughs> sorry, a second time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep, he told him. Now, if you're looking in your Bible, you will see that 15 and 16 are pretty similar in, in, in Scripture. Um, and there's a point to that, I believe. And I'm going to get to that point here in just a moment. But let's talk about Christian love. Slide two, Carl. Um, love looks like this. Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. Look, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as serpents and as innocent as doves. Wait, what? Hold up. <laughs> what do you mean? This is what love looks like. God sends us out to be around wolves? What? Like, I feel like in this case, it's contrary to popular belief because who wants to be the sheep surrounded by wolves? Didn't see any hands go up. <laughs> I don't want to be a human surrounded by wolves, okay? Let alone a sheep surrounded by, by wolves. There's not very much defense that you have, but yet why would God send people, his sheep? Oh, that's not a very loving God. How, how does this look like love? Well, the enemy is the wolves. People are not wolves. The people that you are surrounded with, you are not wolves. We're to reach each other. So the disciples were not called away from fishing to go back to fishing, right? The very first thing that we see, I talked about this the first week of this, is that when Jesus called his disciples, he called them while they were fishing, right? And he said, I'll make you fishers of men. He didn't call them out to make them fishers of men so that whenever he died and rose again, that he would go, that they would go back to fishing in their boats. So, but where do we find the disciples? at the start of John 21, in a boat 
fishing. So something to think about here in this, and Joe brought it up, Joe Graham back there, we were talking about this. Was it the disciples were looking for what was familiar? Like they were, they had witnessed Jesus, his death and his resurrection. And yet I could imagine how like such a traumatic thing that you would question, how could this even be real? And was it they had lost the one who had sent them into the wolves? They were like, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. And so instead of going and doing what God had called them to do, they went back to fishing. And I was like, that's a really good question. Is that what they were doing? Was that their plan? Their intention was to go back to just living a life of fishing? I, I, I don't know. I would hope to think it wasn't. But I, like, I also know that I'm human. And in many cases, when I, get, when I struggle, I end up going back to what I find familiar. So in uh, slide three, uh, as a Christian, I have to love where God sends me even if I'm hated, even if I'm hated. Check this out. In verses 19 through 20 of Matthew chapter 10, it says, but when they hand you over, don't worry about how or what you are to speak, for you will be given what to say at that hour. And verse 20 says, because it isn't you speaking, but the spirit of your father is speaking through you. Now, I could deal with this little section of scripture for a long time. Because this right here says, but when they hand you over, not with, if they hand you over, not like, but it's like definite, like when they hand you over. So if you want a promise for your life, okay, maybe you're here today and you're new and you're like, I don't know if I want to serve God. Well, this is the thing. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and make it sound sweet and nice that like you serve God and all your problems are gone and they disappear. I'm going to promise you that when they hand you over, you don't have to worry about it. That's, that's your promise is you don't have to worry about when they hand you over. I've got you, not me. God's got you. All right. So something to keep in mind is when they hand you over, don't worry about how or what you are to speak. How many of you are like, oh, I could never teach a Bible study. I could never speak of the goodness of God. I could never do these things because I'm so worried about what I would say. I will probably mess up the Bible. How many times have I messed up the Bible? Brenna, I'm so thankful Brenna came and pointed it out to me one time. I appreciate that. She was like, hey, you, uh, you put the wrong scriptures up there. And I was like, I did? I told I had the wrong scriptures up there. And like in my, in my verse, like in the Bible, it was different. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Thank you, Brenna, for pointing that out. But I make mistakes too. So I, I was talking to someone about the Bible on Tuesday night after Bible study. We had another Bible study. And I'll be honest, like, I can quote verses, but I can't, I don't know their location all the time. And I got to look for their location. So you don't have to know everything about the Bible. You're like, but Zach, you just said you quote verses. Right. You kind of, it's weird. I feel like as you read the Bible, God puts things in your heart. Because the Bible says to hide his word in his heart that we might not sin against him, right? So, as I read his word, I'm going to continue to grow in him. And so I don't have to worry because it's not me speaking, but the spirit of their father is speaking through you. Last Sunday, I would tell you, I was so worried when I got up here and I felt God was dealing with me. All I had was a few scriptures and that was it. 
I was so nervous and I was scared. And I wish I'd have read this verse. Like, I know it was in my sermon for last week, but like, I wish I'd have read it and actually realized it, that I don't have to worry that it's not me speaking. It's rather, it's the Father that speaks through you. This is why I have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because I don't want to have to worry about what I'm going to say. I don't want to have to worry about this. When, when I get handed over, I want to know that I'm going to be able to preach the love of Jesus no matter what. So as a Christian, I will speak of the hope of Jesus Christ. It's not about furthering our own agenda. Let me tell you about my toxic traits. Now, maybe you don't know what this term is. Sometimes I can be, uh, I troll people on Facebook, you know. I push people's buttons sometimes. And you're like, you're like oh my gosh, Zach, you're one of those guys. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes like, I just like, I may be right. But like, I'm in there and I'm just like, <laughs> keyboard warrior over here. <laughs> Having a good old time. You know, I make my post and whatever. And then I'm like, ah. Oh. That was bad. And I talked about it a couple weeks ago about how like someone caught me one time being sarcastic and you can't read sarcasm through the internet. For some reason, it doesn't translate in text. <sighs> and so, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm messed up. So one of my toxic traits is being a Facebook troll sometimes. And I have to realize that when I'm doing that, I am not furthering God's agenda. I'm furthering my own. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> think about it. Sometimes I get through and I've typed 20 minutes, you know, this really can I get him and then I get done with it and I'm like passions God why didn't you deal with me 20 minutes ago and he's like I did <laughs> you were just too dumb to listen <laughs> you had to get your word in but you better not send that <laughs> that's how God talks to me I feel like sometimes it's like, stop it knock it off <laughs> he, he sounds a lot like my parents all the time knock it off Zach <laughs> Uh, my other thing is my anger. I say dumb things a lot. Um, and I can get angry. Um, and I get upset with people. And I can get angry like at the drop of a hat. Like, and one of the things that I've had to work on really hard is my anger because I have toxic traits. And so I would assume that many of you in this place today have something toxic in your life. And you're like, oh, yeah, absolutely this and this and this and this. Like, I'm not even going through all of mine. I'm just giving you the two that I feel like I'm comfortable talking about. My other toxic trait is I say dumb things. I hurt people's feelings. I say things, and, and it makes me feel bad. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. And so we all have toxic traits, but we have to recognize what they are. If you don't recognize your toxic traits, you're going to struggle with life, and people are going to be like, this is a toxic person. How can you recognize a toxic person? Well, because you recognize their toxic traits and they probably can't recognize those toxic attributes that they have. They probably think they're, um, you know, great people and I'm sure they are, but deep down inside, there's something that there's bitterness, hurt, and something has gone on. There's a root cause, I believe. Sin many times is the root cause of the place where we are at in our lives. So, um, Slide four, I think we should be at. Um, our, our, our toxic traits don't further the kingdom. They further our agenda. Man, Carl, did I tell you that? You already had that up there. Man, you're good. <laughs> All right. So our toxic traits don't further the kingdom. They further our agenda. Yet we say Jesus was angry and flipped tables. How many of you all, like, like you, we like to quote that story. Well, Jesus flipped tables. 
when he was angry, he went into the house and he, he, went into, he went into the temple and was flipping the coin tables and he picked up a whip and was whipping people. Where in the Bible do you read that that was what you were to pick up? No, the Bible says that we are to pick up our cross and follow him. The command for Christians was to pick up their cross, not a whip, not a table, nothing like that. So we have to recognize that sometimes our toxic traits are not what God wants in us and that he is doing a work in us so that he can change us because he loves us. All right, slide five. Yet Jesus told us that we do not have, that, that we, um, and, well, Jesus told us what we're supposed to do, but this is the part that we don't necessarily like. And it says in verse 24 you know, of Matthew chapter 16, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me will find it. Like, break this down for just a minute. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wants to follow me, if anyone wants to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Man, that's, like, super simple, right? Except for nobody wants to deny ourselves. Like, I surrender something. You know, like, I, I give you just a little, you know, like, I, I don't want, I, I, I can't give all myself away, God, because I have these goals and these dreams and these ambitions and these things that I want to be when I grow up. And God's like, I know, and that's okay. You can keep doing that. But if you want to, if you want to follow me, deny yourself. Stop saying yes to everything that you feel is right. Everything that you feel is what you want to do. Stop saying yes to all those things and start saying yes, God. Okay, God, what does your word say? What is your will? Pick up your cross. There's going to be some things in your life that are hard to put down. The cross is heavy because we know where it takes us. Where did Jesus carry the cross to? It wasn't across America. It was to Calvary. It was to Golgotha, where they nailed him to that cross. I want to be like the man that was called out to carry the cross for Jesus. I want to pick up the cross and carry the cross because the reality is, is I carry it to Calvary. But I don't lay on the cross. Jesus takes my place. He lays on the cross for me, for my sin. So as I take up my cross and I follow him, he leads me to a place where I'm changed forever because as I witness what has happened to him and I see that he loves me in such a way that, that he would give his life for me, I know that I can deny everything in myself and I can give myself fully and wholly to the work of Jesus Christ. So this is why we had to have an understanding a few weeks ago when I talked about giving the love of Christ is different than our own love. You can go to slide six. Um, you are called to be hated in exchange, and in exchange give love. Matthew 16, 24 through 25. Is that? Nope, that's not the next one. Uh, slide six is be Matthew chapter 10, 22 through 23. 
<clears throat> you will be hated by everyone because of my name. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in town, flee to another. For truly, I tell you, you will not have gone through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Not if, but when they persecute you. Not if, but when. You will be hated by everyone because of my name. Doesn't say you're going to be loved. Doesn't say you're going to be popular. Doesn't, doesn't say that, you're going to, that people are going to like you. But when you are hated, continue to endure to the end. It doesn't say that you will be successful. It doesn't say that you're going to be great, but it says endure. It doesn't say that you won't have wounds. It doesn't say that you won't have struggles. It doesn't say that you won't have strife, but it says they that endure to the end. You just got to make it. You just got to keep struggling through it. You just got to keep fighting. The promise for Christians isn't that you get a free pass. The promise is, is when you have trials, you have, you have the belief in Jesus Christ that you're going to make it through, that I'm enduring to the end. I am pressing through the trials of my life. Go to the next slide. It's going to be slide seven. It's James 1, 2 through 4. It says, consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Man, the Bible is full of promises today, promises that everybody wants. We got people that are sick and they're like, I want to hear the promise of, that I'm going to be healed. Well, Jesus is the great physician. It says that, um, you know, in Isaiah 9, 6, he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It's okay. You're going to be, it's going to be okay. God's got you. You keep trusting God. It's okay. I'm not going to tell you that you're going to be healed today. I'm not going to tell you that you're going to walk out of this place, uh, you know, uh, transformed or anything. But I am going to tell you that you can leave this place having hope in Jesus Christ and knowing that as you go through trials, that you can have great joy. You're like, what? <laughs> Zach, I struggle to pay my bills, and I'm telling you, Zach, that's not a great joy. I, I know I'm there too sometimes. <laughs> it's not a great joy. But what about other things? A great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, and when you start thinking about James, James was the brother of Jesus. He'd experienced some things. He had seen some things. That guy, when he wrote that, we would probably chalk him up as crazy. I consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. I need endurance. And the only way that I can have endurance is if the trials that I go through test my faith. So there's a process that I have to go through. I need trials in my life because they're testing my faith and they're producing endurance. As you grow in your walk with God, you're going to have little trials, small trials. You're going to overcome addictions. You're going to overcome struggles in your life. You're going to overcome anger. You're going to overcome some of the hurts and pains in your life. You're going to overcome some of those things and it's going to produce more endurance so that when you deal with the nitty gritty thing, like the, the deep, dark secrets of your heart, those are the things that it's going to produce endurance so that you can be a mature Christian, complete and lacking nothing. That's what I want to be is complete and lacking nothing. So I have to go through the other stuff in the scripture 
to get to the complete and lacking nothing, right? So as a Christian, that's a promise for you that you will have trials, but you can count it a great joy. You're like, that's counterintuitive. Oh, it is. That doesn't make sense. You're right. That's what messes up the enemy's mind so much is whenever I realize that it's not about competing with someone else. It's not about trying to do this or to try to do that. But I can have great joy because God has entrusted me and he's trying my faith and it's producing endurance. I've had people say things like, oh, I wish I had faith like you. <laughs> I wish I had faith like you. <laughs> I, I, sometimes I struggle with my own faith. <clears throat> oh, goodness. I had to cough. <laughs> so, slide nine, I believe. No, we're slide eight. The disciples return to their ship, right? So what is our purpose as a Christian? The, the disciples return to their ship in John chapter 21 and say, let's go fishing. I think that's typical for us. When trials get hard, when things get tough, we retreat and go back to fishing. Replace fishing with things you like to do that maybe are um, not good for you to do. We'll just do that. So do we return to what is familiar when we find ourselves surrounded by the wolves? When we are surrounded by wolves, when the world seems crazy, is the first thing that we do is retreat? Or do we stand our ground? Like, I'm a sheep. I don't want to be surrounded by wolves. Why did God send me to this place? We start to question God. God, why did you bring me to this place? That's a good question. But there's a trial in there for you. There's something to produce endurance for you. There's something to help you mature as a Christian. It's a change in your thinking. It changes your thought process when everything comes into your life and you feel that it's for a reason, that it's not just because you made bad choices. I mean, obviously, we all make bad choices, and sometimes it is the reason why bad things happen is because we made bad choices. And that's just the, the case. We have to, you know, we have to live with our choices. Slide nine, it says, do we often return to what is familiar when I far, find ourselves? Oh, yeah, that was slide nine. <laughs> or do we continue going forward in the calling that Jesus has placed in our lives? Now slide 10. How do I find purpose in Christ? This is a good question. How do I find purpose in Christ? Like, Zach, I'm here today, so tell me, how do I get purpose in Christ? That's a really good question because you know what? Purpose is a big, purpose is a big word. But, you know, sometimes uh, I heard, actually, I was at a, I went to a, a, a meeting this, uh, uh, this weekend, and the, I listened to a preacher, and, and he, he had said something along the lines of, like, we've got to stop talking about how hard it is to be a pastor. I was like, yeah, I agree. Like, man, so many people told me all these horror stories, and it was scary. Like, I mean, yeah, it's been a struggle, but like, seven out of ten. You know, like, at least. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> would recommend. <laughs> You're like, what? You would? Yeah. Serving God is awesome. And having an opportunity to preach the gospel? Oh, man. What, what, what greater thing is there? Being a teacher? Man, 10 out of 10 would recommend that. Like, that's just, that's a blast. So how do I find purpose in Christ? You know what, sometimes it's just taking a step and trying to figure it out. And that's the, this is the forgotten love that we have in the church, is that we have forgotten that we are to serve each other. 
that being called out and being a Christian doesn't mean that I'm like, you know, now I don't have to do anything. Like, that's it. No, being called out, now I serve each of you and we serve each other because we love God and because we love God, we show our love one to another. So um, let's go to slide 11. Let's look at the scripture, John 13, 34 through 35. It says, I give you a new command, love one another, just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. 35 right here is the catcher. Like if there's a scripture, man, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's hard because how many times is the church fighting back and forth? How many times we're throwing fists up and there is no love in the church? There's got to be love. This is what, when I serve the church, when I serve in the church, when I serve the people of the church, that, that, that is, that's love. I do it not because I, sometimes I do it not because I want to. I do it because I love. Not just love the people, but it's the love that God has given me. So now I freely give it. See, there's a difference in the love that I personally have. I only have a finite amount of love, but God's love is endless. And so God's love can continue. It can forgive. It can move forward. And it can help change people's lives. So I've got to give the love of Jesus. And so as Christians, we are not called to just sit and do nothing, but we are called to serve the body of Christ. So you're like, Zach, we haven't even talked about the focus scripture yet. I know I'm almost there. We're going to get there here in just a minute. But I want to remind you that if you are his disciples, you will love one another. But you know what? It doesn't say you won't hurt one another. It doesn't say you're not going to make mistakes with one another. So we are at some point going to do that. But love forgives. Love helps heal the wounds. Love helps continue to move forward. Love takes another step of faith. Love gives another chance. Love forgives. Love, for, I, I can't say forgets. Love doesn't necessarily forget. The only one that forgets is, is, is God. But we're called to be disciples of Christ, and Christ sent his disciples. So as Christians, there's a high probable, probability that Christ will send me back to reach others, but not continue in who I was. God may call you out, as a fisherman, to make you a fisher of men, but send you back to the boat so that you can fish and make a living, but you're there no longer to live in sin, but continue to reach the people that are around you, the other fishers, and bring them to Christ. So I'll come back to that here in just a moment, but they will know you, not by your anger, not by your status, not by your knowledge, but by your love for one to another. So I mentioned this. The church is always in competition. Like, and, and I, you know what? You, you, look at, you look at churches all across Detroit Lakes, and maybe the first thing that you think of, well, we're in competition with this church, we're in competition with that church. You know what? I don't look at other churches in this town as my competition. I look at hell as my competition. It was never about being just another church. It was never about that. It was about there's a soul. 
And if God would bring me here, it's not about a church down the road. It's not about the other church down the street, across town. What it is, is a competition against hell. We are in a war against hell, not the church across the street. We should be fighting together, but many times the churches fight each other. And the reality is, is we have got to get an ideology that we are fighting hell, not each other. If we could ever be unified, we could see God move. We could see the gates of hell torn down. Think about the Tower of Babel and the story back in the Old Testament. When they got together and they were in unity and they were building this tower and God said, because they are in one mind, nothing will be withheld from them. He was saying that they're going to do it some way. They're going to build this tower. But he confounded them and confused them. And it was the language that he used. It's so important that we speak the same language in the spirit, that we are together in one mind, in one accord. Because when that happens, it says in his word that nothing will be withheld. So that means that if I am in unity with God, with I am with unity with my brothers and sisters, I know that I can come against hell. I know that as a church, we can see people's lives changed and transformed. And that's the love that we've got to have for the world. That's the love that we've got to have for people is I've got to give this love that God has given me because I want to see a change in their lives. Now that brings us to our focus scripture. This brings us purpose to the church in this scripture in, in slide 12. This is our focus scripture, John 21 and verse 16. It says, a second time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep, he told him. So last week, Jesus said in verse 15, you can go ahead to that next uh, slide. In verse 15, it says, when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said to him. You know that I love you. Feed my lambs, he told him. Next slide. So why did Jesus repeat himself? Why, why did Jesus repeat what he said? Could it be that Peter did not fully grasp what he was saying the first time? The first time that he, he read in, when he said in 15, when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said to him. You know that I love you. Feed my lambs, he told him. Very similar scriptures, but there are a couple words that are a little bit different. So we'll take it back and we'll look at a couple of the, um, we'll look at a couple of the Greek words. Go to the next slide, slide 16. The word agapao, this is the word used where Jesus says, do you love this word means to welcome, to, to love dearly. Strong's definition means to love. It's a deep love. Next slide, slide 17. Phileo. This is the word used in Peter's response, I love you. And this, Strong's definition, uses it to be a friend. You see, Peter used a different word than what Jesus did in the Greek language. Slide 18. So this passage differs uh, from verse 15 in that it uses the word shepherd and not feed. So uh, it's not being used as a noun, though. The noun in this sentence, it is, it's being used as a verb. Man, that's bad grammar up there. I wonder who wrote that. <laughs> it's... <coughs> oh, man. 
I got a tickle in the back of my throat. Sorry. <laughs> Embarrassing. All right, slide 19. Um, sorry, no, stay there. I thought we were there. Okay. Uh, it's, not, it's being used as a noun here, the word shepherd. And so here's the word uh, shepherd in slide 19. You can go to it now. The word is poimino, and it's to feed, to tend a flock, or to keep sheep, to furnish pasture for food, to nourish, to serve the body, to supply the requisites for the soul's need. Poimino. This right here, shepherd. That's what it means. Now, the word shepherd, when Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, he was using that as a noun. It is in a different word. But when he said shepherd, it is a word. This is a Greek word, and this word is a verb. And this is an action that we are to do. So he wasn't saying, be the good shepherd for them. Rather, he was saying, provide for these. If you love me, you will provide. You will serve. You will provide the requisites for the soul's needs. So the call to Peter was to provide location for food. He was to identify food, uh, food sources. He was to go and uh, help to feed and to, to nourish the people, but spiritually, not just physically. A move of God is the start. And then there must be love provided and teaching. We can experience a powerful move of God in church, but there must be teaching, there must be preaching, there must be an incorporation because we have to be fed the word of God. Slide 20. This passage also uses sheep instead of lambs. And it's a different word here in uh, this. It's probaton. And this is a sheep or goat, but most commonly a sheep. I was blown away by this. And, and when it says goat, it's not greatest of all time. Promise. Um, so you're like, oh, great. I'm qualified. Greatest of all time. I'm there. No. <laughs> Goats are stubborn, right? How many of you are goat in this place? I want to be a sheep, but let's be honest, I'm probably identified with the goats. And thankfully, right here, this word right here, probaton, it means a sheep. But most commonly, it most commonly a sheep, but it also means goats. So for the few of us that are goats, that are, that are bullheaded, that keep doing our own thing, that want to do it the way we want to do it, and keep button heads with God, he still loves you. <laughs> but most commonly, it's sheep. <laughs> All right. So last week we talked, or not last week, two weeks ago, we talked about how a lamb must be born, right? A lamb has to be born. A sheep is not born. A sheep is produced, and it comes from a lamb, right? So as the lamb grows, it becomes a sheep. Well, I mean, a sheep is always a sheep, but it goes from a little lamb. There was a distinction in the words that were used in this passage. I believe that this was Jesus depicting the growth of a Christian, that as you provide for them, they move from lambs to sheep. Maybe full-grown goats. Um, maybe they turn from a goat to a sheep. I don't know. I think once you're bullheaded, always bullheaded. Uh, we were joking last night. This is a dumb story. I'm going to tell it anyways. Last night we were joking. I was talking about this person, and they were like, well, Zach, I was like, I've made changes. And they were like, well, maybe he's made changes too. I was like, yeah, that's a good point. And then we were talking, and I was like, wait, but I still do this and I still do that. 
and we were talking, and this is like, you know, 10 minutes down the way, and I was like, ah, uh, he's still the same person I haven't changed either. <laughs> uh, sometimes I can get really bullheaded, but I've learned God's plan is better than my plan. God's way is better than my way. Slide 21. Could it be that we have forgotten our love for God and in that how we've forgotten it, we've forgotten to love and serve one another? I love this church. I love people. I love, I love what God is doing. But many times the church has forgotten that we are to love one another, that to be known as his disciples, it'll be our love for one for another. I love my community. I believe that God is going to do great things. I do. I can feel it in my spirit that God is stirring, that God is moving, that God is touching lives. I believe it, that God is going to pour out his spirit. It says, it, I love this scripture. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And then I heard some scriptures, you know, like the love of many will wax cold. I know that scripture from the bottom of my heart but I still believe in that he's going to continue to pour out his spirit upon all flesh to those that will, but there will come a day when people will turn away. They'll reject what God is doing, what God is wanting to do in their life. They'll reject it and turn away from it, and the love of many will wax gold. But I want to stay as close as I can to God, whatever it takes. I want to seek his face, whatever it takes. I want to be stirred and wakened in the night. I want his spirit to move in my life. I want him to draw me closer. That's where I've got to be as a Christian. I'm not comfortable just sitting by on the sidelines. I want to be in the fight. I want to be engaged. I want to, I want to stand against the enemy. These are the last days, church, and it's time that we awaken and that we arise and that we raise our swords and we pick up the sword of the spirit we put on the armor of God and we wage war against hell. It's not, we've got to stop fighting one another, stop tearing each other down, stop being the Facebook trolls, Zach, and go ahead and war against the enemy. I had to preach to myself for just a minute. You can clap <laughs> if you agree with that. Amen. <laughs> oh, we have got to fight hell, not one another. It's never been about each other. It's never been about fighting each other. It's always been, the competition has always been Satan. He seeks as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. His goal is to kill, steal, and destroy, right? So Jesus came that he might bring life and bring it more abundantly. That's the message I want to preach. I don't want to preach anything else that tears people down. I want to bring that you can have life more abundantly. And you're like, but Zach, you just preached it like they'll hand, when they hand you over. Like, that's like different than what you said. So like, how, how are you going to justify that perfectly? The part where it says, I don't have to worry when they hand me over because I'm going to be secure. 
I'm going to know without a shadow of a doubt that God is on my side because he's already produced a work in me. He's already produced a work through me. He's already changed me. So I know that when it comes time and they hand me over, I don't have to worry about what I'm going to say because I know it's going to be the spirit of God that speaks through me. I know that I'm going to have the mind of Christ because I know I have his spirit within me. That's the importance of having God's spirit. I have got to have the Holy Ghost fire deep down inside of me. I can't do this on my own. It says they shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon them. I want to be a witness. I want to be a, I want to be a, I want to be a witness that tells people about Jesus. I need the power of the Holy Ghost in my life. I need change. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this right here. I believe that God loves you. I believe that God cares about you. As this song plays, if you want to come to the altar and pray, you certainly can. If you want to stay where you are, you can. But I believe that God is more than able to touch you today. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I pray that you would move in this place right now. God, that you would touch every heart, every life. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you, Jesus. today. This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, that in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. My sons and daughters will prophesy. My uh, old men will dream dreams and uh, young men will uh, 
see visions. It's something along those lines. It's in Acts and it's in Joel chapter 2. I pray that God will begin to touch you, that God will begin to fill you because we need his spirit in the last days more than ever before. God, I thank you for what you're doing in our church, for what you're doing in our city, God, for what you're doing in our country, God. We believe, God, that you're going to move in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, why don't you put your hands together in agreement? We thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, God, we give you glory. Hallelujah. God, I thank you. As always, if you have any questions or anything about anything I talked about, please ask. I love to answer questions. Here you go, questions for reflection. I got three this week. When was the last experience you had with God? When was the last time you experienced a powerful move of God in your life? Do you desire to grow? That's a simple question. Do you desire to follow the call to serve your brother and sister? Go, check out, look at these questions, consider them, make them, solidify them in your heart and your spirit. And let's move forward as a church, as a Christian, as a people of God. Thank you, God, I thank you. Keep us this week, God, strengthen us as we go. God, I pray for protection on every person. God, I pray for all those that are sick, God, that are struggling right now. God, you know every person. In Jesus' name, God, we know you're the great physician and you can heal. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. Have a great day. Greet someone. Tell someone hello.